Each of us has some important decisions to make over the course of our lives. Should we get married? Should we move cities? Should we take that brand new job? How can we hear God's voice on these decisions? And how do we know that it's God's voice we're listening to? That's what this episode of More Than This is all about. Life. Faith. Spirituality. More Than This with Sheridan Boise. Well, welcome to episode 58 of More Than This and welcome to the brand new year. It's probably getting a bit old hat to say that now since we're almost at the end of January, but it is my first episode for 2016 and yes, it's had a bit of a freshen up, a new introduction. And if you go to the blog, SheridanVoise.com, you'll find that that's been refreshed as well. Kind of we're starting the new year fresh. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you have been able to start 2016 well as well. Sounds like Alison is off to a good start with her year. She sent me this voicemail. I'm just about to start a two-day holiday, and I was wondering a few days ago what are some of the activities I could do on that two-day holiday, and your email came through about the three questions. In it, Tony Campolo talks about a two-day holiday he went on when he was 40. I'm not 40, I'm 32, in which he asked himself questions about his life goal and his life mission. Um, So I took that as a word from the Lord. Um, So here I am sitting in a small motel, looking at my laptop. I've got the three questions typed up. About to start a time of prayer and reading the word, and uh, hopefully um, the Spirit will lead me to some good answers that I can go about trying to put into practice in my life. I just wanted to say thank you to you for a start and I look forward to many more emails from you in 2016. Well, that's so exciting, Alison. I really look forward to hearing uh, where that little project has taken you. If you've missed what Alison is talking about, it's a post called Three Questions to Help Focus Your Life. You'll find it very easily on the blog if you just simply uh, search for three questions. And Alison, please let me know how you go. I have done that kind of uh, process a couple of times now. In fact, just recently I finished going through a series of exercises like that to just focus again, what am I doing? What am I not called to do? How am I really going to invest my life so that the best things are done and kind of you know set aside the unnecessary things? Because I am very easily distracted by unnecessary things. <laughs> so I need to do that all the time too. Look forward to hearing how that exercise goes for you, Alison. You can send me a voicemail also. Just go to the blog, any page, you'll find a blue button on the right-hand side saying send voicemail. I'd love to incorporate your voice into this podcast. And while you're there, if you haven't already got it, make sure you get your free ebook, Five Practices for a Resilient Life. I know some folks are using that to start their year on a strong footing. It's all about developing spiritual, emotional, and relational strength. It is there for free, just with a subscription to the blog. Okay, listening to God's voice. Is there not a most precious and yet frustrating topic as that? How to hear God's voice. This is one of the topics that uh, came out nice and clear from my reader survey last year, where you told me what you'd like me to explore for uh, for you and with you. I am learning as much as I am teaching in this episode, because learning how to discern God's voice from other voices, the voice of culture, the voice of my own conscience, the voice of my own thoughts, that is a lifelong process, as to learn how, how to discern that. But there are some things that we indeed can learn to do. 
And I want to dedicate a couple, two or three episodes, actually, of more than this, to this topic of hearing God's voice. It's just so important. We're going to be talking about six ways that God speaks in the next episode of More Than This. I'm also going to be tackling the topic of God's silence. But in this episode, I want to talk about three foundational principles that really guide everything when it comes to hearing God's voice. Each one of these three principles, these three lessons, each one of these three principles, these three lessons, comes out of that great Old Testament story about Samuel. You'll find it in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's linked in today's show notes, sheridanvoisey.com slash 058. I'll give you an overview of the story, and I'll kind of pause at certain moments to then talk about the key lesson we can find in it. So the story starts off with young Samuel sleeping in the tabernacle. That's an early type of temple. He's sleeping in the temple. Now, this location is really significant because according to biblical scholars, in the ancient world, if you really wanted to find out God's plans, you would go and sleep where God was thought to dwell. And in this case, in the Hebrew culture, amongst the Israelites, God was believed to dwell in the temple, in the tabernacle. So Samuel is sleeping there. He's wanting to hear from God. Lesson number one, God speaks to those who are in a position to hear him. Story continues. Samuel is woken by a voice calling his name. Samuel, Samuel. Now notice that he recognizes the words that are being spoken. Now, I think we so often just miss this. We read through this story and we think it's amazing. We think it's good. We don't notice the fact that Samuel understands, number one, that this is a voice that sounds like a human's voice. Now, let's get the theology correct. God is not a human. God created humans in his own image. God is a personality, but God is not flesh and blood. God is spirit. And yet here, Samuel is hearing a human voice, and it's a human voice that he understands. The voice is not speaking Italian or Swahili. It's not speaking the language of angels. It's speaking Samuel's very own tongue, which would have been Hebrew. This is profound. Samuel is hearing God speak to him in a way that he can understand. In fact, he even mistakes the sound as the voice of Eli, the priest. So he gets up from where he's been sleeping. He runs to Eli and he says, oh, you called for me. And Eli says, no, I haven't called for you. Go back and go back to sleep. So here's where we find our second lesson. God speaks to us in ways we'll understand. Samuel goes back. He goes back to sleep. And then he hears the voice call again, Samuel. Again, he gets up, he runs to Eli the priest, and he says to Eli, you've called me. And Eli says, no, it wasn't me. Go back to sleep. Now, the broader story of Samuel is a really interesting one. Samuel was born to Hannah. Hannah was one of those women we find in the Old Testament who was not able to conceive. Then she was miraculously allowed to conceive. Samuel was the result. So she dedicated him to God as a baby. And now we find him serving in the temple. This is kind of his career path that's already been mapped out for him. And yet we're told in this part of the story, quote, he doesn't yet know the Lord. He doesn't know God's voice. He doesn't recognize that this voice is God's voice. It's only when the mysterious experience happens a third time, when the voice calls out Samuel to him yet one more time, that Eli the priest recognizes what's going on. And then he says to Samuel, okay, 
Go back, and if you hear a voice say to you again your name, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And this is where we find lesson number three. We need others to help us discern God's voice. Okay, let's unpack those three lessons for us personally today when it comes to listening to God's voice. Lesson number one, God speaks to those who are in a position to hear him. So the first question we need to be asking ourselves is, am I in a position to hear him? Now, I don't know about you, but often I am not in a position to hear God. Often, I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I check my smartphone for emails and Facebook messages and tweets. So often, I get up and I go through my busy day and I get into breakfast and then I get into the shower and then I get into the day, all the work that I've got, I leave very little room for listening to God. So often, even if I was to leave space for listening to God, my heart is too full to hear God's voice because it's full of worries and dreams and plans and ideas It's too full of Facebook and Twitter and social media chatter. It's too full of books and TV and radio. Ultimately, it's just too full of noise. So how do we develop a posture of listening? How do we get ourselves into a place where we can hear God's voice? Can I suggest to you, it starts by finding a place to listen. Samuel slept in the tabernacle. Moses met God in what was called the tent of meeting. Before there was a temple, before there was a tabernacle, he set up a little tent, and when he'd walk out to go and consult God, God would come down from heaven in the form of a cloud, and they would meet at the tent of meeting. It's a beautiful story, beautiful picture. Elijah waited on the mountaintop to hear that still, small voice. Jesus, we're told, got up early every morning, went out into the hills and prayed. So where is your tabernacle? Where's your tent of meeting? Where's your solitary place? Where's your mountains and your hills? Can I suggest to you having two places where you meet God? Number one, have a place inside your house. Set aside a room or a chair or some other place that is designated as your prayer space that is free of the symbols of your daily demands. This is really important. If I was to make this place now, from where I'm talking to you now, which is my study in my office, If I was to make this my kind of special place that I meet with God, my tent of meeting, uh, I would be very distracted indeed. Right in front of me is a whole bunch of very enticing books. I so want to just pick one up and go and read. I've got my computer here, all the things, all the work that's calling out for me to do. I've got my diary. It's saying all the things that I need to tick off today. That's the last thing I want to be distracted with. So what I've done is I've set up a very simple chair in our spare room. It's right next to a a nice big window, which lets in lots of light. And I don't take anything electronic into that room. I don't take my smartphone. I don't take my iPad. If I do, I'll be distracted. I'll be checking things. All I take into that room is my Bible and a journal. That is my place for simply being with God. And secondly, find a place outside the home. Maybe it's a chair in a quiet park. Maybe it's a secluded place in the countryside. Maybe it's a retreat center. Just some place that you know you can go and you can be outside in nature praying, being with God, simply just being still before God and listening. There's a retreat center up near me where I go every uh, few months or so. I can just hire a, a little cell, a little room, and I can just spend my days kind of praying there without any distractions. I've got some other places around where I live where I can just find a nice little chair and just kind of sit. I think 
having regular spots like that where you know if you need to spend some time with God, I should go out to the chair. I can go out to the park. I know that I'll find some sort of space where I can spend some time with God. These places can become your inner sanctum, your holy of holies, that special sacred place where you spend undistracted, unhurried time with God in a listening posture. Lesson number two, God speaks in ways we'll understand. Now, there's a technical phrase for this, actually. It's called divine accommodation. The almighty, irrepressible, unfathomable God funnels the immense ocean of his knowledge and vocabulary into a tiny trickle of words and ideas that are intelligible to us. He accommodates his communication to our ability to understand it. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't, isn't that gracious? Isn't that humble of God to do that? You know, I think John Calvin talked about God being like a parent who stoops down and speaks to us in baby talk because that's the only way we're going to understand. Can you imagine what's going on in God's mind at any one time? The things that he can comprehend. He speaks to us in simple, simple ways. And he speaks to us in our language using symbols that make sense to us within our culture. If you go to today's show notes, sheridanvoisey.com slash 058, You'll find a beautiful illustration of this in the story of a tribal chief named Golon Kabuli. I tell the story at length in Unseen Footprints, my book. Golon Kabuli is a tribal chief, and he was a chief of a very, very unreached people group in Ethiopia. A missionary named Ben Skaggs goes along and finally meets Golon Kabuli. He's the first Westerner to ever be seen by Golon and his tribe. They've never seen white skin before. And so Ben goes along, they sit down, uh, they exchange greetings, and Ben starts to talk about God. In the middle of that, Golon Kabuli interrupts him, and he says, we must follow Christosi, which is the Mien name, which is the the, the local dialect, the Mien name for Christ, Jesus. And Ben's astounded because he's not even mentioned the name of Jesus Christ or Christosi before. He says, how do you know this name? And Golan says, a few nights before, I had a vision. I had a dream. Somebody came to me in my dream and said, I am the one who have given you your blood and your bones. I have given you your life. In a few days time, somebody's going to come along and tell you about me. You are to follow me. Can you believe that? And Ben came along at exactly the right time that it was predicted. That is a beautiful illustration of God accommodating himself to us, accommodating himself to Golan, talking about blood and bones and life. Those kinds of things are not the way that God would speak to an Englishman, but it's certainly the way that he would speak to an Ethiopian tribal chief. To the musician, God writes a song. To the mathematician, he sends an equation. God speaks in ways that we will get. We can expect that when God speaks to us, he will draw from our own histories. He'll draw from our own stories. He'll pull examples and stories and illustrations and symbols from our lives to speak to us through. Now, that doesn't always mean it's easy to understand what God is saying through these things. There is always the potential that we can misinterpret him as well. And that's why we need lesson number three. And lesson number three is we need others to help us discern God's voice. Samuel heard God's voice, but he didn't recognize what it was. He didn't recognize whose voice it was. It was Eli who pointed it out to him. 
we also need mature men and women of God to come alongside us and help us confirm that it's actually God's voice we're hearing and not our own thoughts or our subconscious desires, the language of our culture, the desires of our culture that are just kind of ingrained themselves in our soul without realizing it, or maybe even the voice of dark spirits as well. So if I have this real strong desire and I feel this kind of sense of call that I should go and be famous... Now, who's speaking there? Is it God's voice? Is it the culture's voice? It's my own secret desires. That's one's probably a little bit easier to understand. How about if I feel this drive, this call to sacrifice something to serve others? Now, that could well be God's voice speaking to me, but it could also be an overactive conscience. What I need is some good, godly Jesus followers around me who can listen to what I'm feeling and say, you know what, Sheridan, I think... That's your own soul speaking to you here. That's not actually God's voice to you. Do you get what I mean? We need other good, mature, godly people who can listen to what we're feeling, who can listen to what we think God is saying to us and confirm yes or no. It's just so important. Don't make big decisions just by yourself without getting the confirmation of others. Take what you're listening and feeling and sensing. Write it down in your journal. Take it to a godly friend and say, here, can you pray about this? Is this what God's saying to me? I've got more to say about uh, this whole area of discerning God's voice and finding guidance for our lives in my new devotional book, Resilient. There's a whole section on it. I hope it helps. Thank you so much for your time listening to this podcast. You could have done all sorts of other things with this 20 minutes, so I'm appreciative of it. I would also be really grateful if you were to forward this podcast on to a friend. Take the URL, sheridanvoise.com slash 058 and pass it around Facebook and Twitter. I would love for other people to start this journey of learning to listen to God's voice. Next episode, six ways, six channels that God uses to speak to us. I look forward to talking to you then. Bye.